Again, I thank Steve for taking care of the camera and Jeannie for taking care of sound. Uh, my friend Ed, my friend Harry are here this morning worship with us. We're under 10, but we're glad that uh, we have some folks in the sanctuary this morning. We're all having a lot of time to think during these days, and it occurred to me recently that social distancing, and it seems contrary to Christianity, doesn't it? It is odd not to be worshiping together with you and being able to shake hands and hug and greet one another. And we look forward to those days in the future, hopefully in the near future. Hopefully you're being productive at home. Hopefully your prayer life is increasing as you found that you have more time to do some things than you once did. We encourage you to continue to pray for our country's leadership. Uh, to pray for the health care professionals, those that are working uh, on a cure uh, to this virus. It's interesting that I thought lately we can do without Hollywood stars and we can do without the professional athletes, but it's hard to do without our mailmen and our workers at the grocery store and our workers at the drugstore and our truck drivers, certainly our health care professionals. These have all become rock stars during these days and maybe helped us a little bit to reprioritize who's really important around us. There are rumors of cures and we pray for those that are working on 
diligently on a cure for what's going around. This cure made me think about home remedies over the years. I spoke with a man this week that thought that uh, Vicks Vapo Rub would cure anything. As a child, I remember getting a mustard plaster put on my chest or given peppermint candy for a cold. I don't know if it helped, but I sure liked the peppermint candy. Uh, for poison ivy, people have all sorts of cures. I remember using Clorox bleach. They're using to clean now. It seemed to work on poison ivy when I was a kid. Uh, ask your grandparents about turpentine as medicine. Years ago, a lot of that generation as children swallowed turpentine for various ailments. Today, we're going to look at a cure. A cure for depression, a cure for despair, a cure for bad attitudes, a cure for cabin fever, if you've got that, a cure for the blahs that perhaps have come during this change in your lifetime. This cure even works on curing bad relationships. It makes your problems much smaller. The benefits of this cure will touch every area of your life guaranteed. I hope you're interested and you wonder what it is. It's biblical, I promise. Today we're going to talk about the cure-all of being thankful. Being thankful. Before we do that, let's pray together. Lord, give us new eyes and new hearts and a new mindset of seeing the things around us, maybe the people around us. There perhaps are going to be people watching this today and through the week ahead that might be a little tired of being close to family. They might be tired of having to work from home. They might be tired of not being able to go places. But God, help us to look at things that will change us in being thankful for being with our family, for having a home to be in for having a job to go to and being able to connect remotely. Help us to not take one thing for granted. Thank you for this new time that we might have to increase our prayer life and our time and study and to being able to look on the internet for good things like church services that we're doing right now. So God, help us with our vision and with our attitude of thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. We all need attitude adjustments from time to time about being thankful. I found a story years ago from the golf world, Augusta National. 1967, 20-year-old Bobby Cole was playing a practice round with the golf legend Sam Snead. They were at Augusta National. They were on the 13th hole. Today it's 510 yards. It's always been a dog leg to the left. It's a par 5. It's a beautiful hole. I was there one time. My friend Harry Angevine took me to Augusta National. Uh, if you want your name mentioned in a service, you just take me to Augusta National and I will mention your name. But Bobby Cole and Sam Sneed uh, were, were playing. They were at number 13 for 12 holes. Sam Sneed had had enough of this young, brash golfer. They were teeing up at 13, again, a dog leg to the left, and Sam Sneed hit an iron right straight down the middle so he could get past the dog leg and then approach the green. He played it safe. Bobby Cole was about to do the same when Sneed said to him, when I was your age, I would use a driver, and I'd hit it over those pine trees and save at least a stroke. Bobby Cole said, anything you can do, could do, I can do, and 
put his iron back in his bag and went and got his driver. He hit a beautiful driver that started to, to curve into the fairway as it should to save all of that yardage. And then it hit the top of the pine trees and it fell into the woods. Sam Sneed looked at Bobby Cole and said, of course, when I was your age, those trees were about 20 feet shorter than they are today. Bobby Cole needed an attitude adjustment and Sam Sneed gave it to him. We all have wake-up calls or things that give us an attitude adjustment. Mine came several months ago before all this craziness began at a Chinese restaurant. I was alone and the waitress, the hostess, was Chinese and she knew very little English. What to drink, she could say. The other words in her arsenal that I heard her speak was what speak was what really got my attention. The words were thank you very much. It seemed like every time I moved, she said thank you very much. I sat down, she thanked me. I got up, she thanked me. I got a clean plate, she thanked me. I got a refill, she thanked me. She brought me a bill, she thanked me. Whatever I did, she would say thank you, thank you so much. Now, God spoke to me that day and said, Hey, knucklehead, you need to always be thankful. She knew two of the most powerful words in the English language. Thank you. Those of us who are native speakers know it and sometimes rarely use them. And they're so important and they're so curing in our lives. What does the Bible say about this? Of course, it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the Bible says. First, let's look at those that need attitude adjustments, those that are not thankful. A couple of sections of the scripture we're going to look at, and if you have your Bibles, and make sure each week you get them, because that's where we're going. The first section of scripture we're going to look at is in Romans, and the second section we're going to look at is in 2 Timothy. So you might want to find Romans chapter 1, and then 2 Timothy chapter 3, that's where we begin this morning. I begin at verse 18 of Romans 1. God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible quality his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. So Romans says we should know God by just looking around at what he has created, but people many times won't worship him or give him thanks. And it seems to me in that section, if you read on, that God is very disappointed when we're not thankful. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the first five verses, we see this. You should know this, Paul writes to Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and then you see the next two words, and ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. 
They'll be cruel and they'll hate what is good. Verse 4 of 2 Timothy 3, they'll betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they'll reject the power that could make them godly. And then we are told, stay away from people like that. Isn't that interesting? All through scripture, we're told to reach out and reach out and reach out. And here we're told to stay away from people like that. And one of the qualities of people that we're encouraged to stay away from is being ungrateful. Thanklessness, being ungrateful, is a trait of non-believers. And honestly, sometimes we as believers aren't really good at it. It's something we should practice. It's something we should have in our arsenal. It's something that we should pray about every day and look for ways to practice. So what's the Bible say about us, about believers, and how we should be? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, just one verse, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, tells us this. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Let me read it again. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. God's will is something that people think is so elusive. And maybe at times it is for God's particular will for you. But God's will for all of us is very clear in this situation. One of the things he wants all of us to have in common as his children is that we would be thankful. If you're a believer, you should be thankful. In all circumstances. That means even now. Let's apply this. I have a friend who not too long ago received some bad news about his health. Not coronavirus, something much, much worse. As I prayed for my friend, I told myself what I have to tell myself very often when I get bad news I said, don't let my mind, I prayed, don't let my mind go to places it should not go. Sometimes we run to the worst possible conclusion, and maybe that's human nature. We can let our minds run wild with negative thoughts if we're not careful. But at this moment, I was thinking about being thankful in all circumstances for that being God's will for those who love Jesus. So I applied this to not worry about my friend, but in praying for my friend, I decided to be thankful. I was thankful I had such a good friend. I was thankful that he had a job and has insurance that it won't be a financial burden. I was thankful that he had good doctors and lived close to health care that was world class. I was thankful that he is a believer, that if this gets him, I'll see him again in heaven. I was thankful for his supportive wife. I was thankful that I was healthy, something that we take for granted. I was thankful that he's being prayed for and by lots of people. So I started finding reasons to be thankful and it was amazing then the peace that I experienced. Not worry for my friend, but being thankful that God had this and God would take care of him. Again, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. God's will is always best for us. And if you want to be cured during this time of, well, the feelings that you have, look around and be thankful. Another application, I 
am a Mississippi State Bulldog. Years ago, when I was there as a student, the president's name was Dr. Donald Zacharias, a very wonderful man, a good Episcopalian. Dr. Zacharias was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I have a neighbor who lived in Ackerman, Mississippi, who went to school with President, went to church with President Zacharias. And he told her one Sunday morning about, she said, I'm sorry about your diagnosis. And he said, you know, it's not so bad, I'm thankful. Uh, the pretty women at church hug me a lot more now. I loved Dr. Zacharias saying that. Finding a silver lining, finding something to be thankful about during his time of illness. He could have chosen to have been ungrateful, and people would not have wanted to be around him, and I wouldn't be talking about him today in that positive light. But as a believer, he chose to be thankful in tough, tough circumstances. Another friend in Mississippi, Thayman Henson, when I was a young pastor, his wife died. They were married over 60 years. And I went to his house. He was a very strong Christian. He's in heaven now. I went to his house, and he kept repeating to me, we had so many good years today. We had so many good years together. He was not focusing on what he had lost. He was focusing on what God had given him. And in probably the toughest period of his life, he chose to be thankful. Another great example comes from Matthew Henry's life. A man once stole Matthew Henry's wallet, the great pastor. And reflecting on the incident Henry wrote in his diary. Number one, I'm thankful he had never robbed me before. Number two, I'm thankful that although he took my wallet, he did not take my life. Number three, although he took all I had, it was not much. And number four, I am glad that it is I who was robbed, not I who did the robbing. Even in that circumstance, he found something to be thankful for. When we choose to do God's will and be thankful, everything changes, especially our attitude. If I'm in an average marriage, if you are, I'm not. I'm in a wonderful one, I think. But if you're in an average marriage, you can decide to be thankful for your spouse and decide to focus on the good and not on the bad. And your marriage will improve and become way above average. Maybe the situation hasn't changed, but your attitude has changed everything. If I've been disappointed or I'm hurt or over a loss that will help to be thankful for what I still have as opposed to what is no longer there. My dad had a plaque on his desk in his office years ago. My sister gave it to me, thank you, Treva, uh, several years back, and it's one of my prized possessions. I have it at my home, in my office, on the wall right in front of my desk. It's a great reminder. It says this. I had no shoes and complained until... I met a man who had no feet. It's important to look at what you have. And compared to the world around you, if you're able to watch this at home, it means you have a device, it means you have electricity, it means you have knowledge. You're so far ahead of many. You should be thankful. If you're down and out at this time, you need to look around and apply being thankful to every situation in your life. Our faith should make us look at life in a different way. Over the years, I've used several examples of how I have changed. When Jeannie and I were first married, 
we moved in together and she would choose to, we had one tube of toothpaste and she chose to squeeze it in the middle. Now that drove me crazy. You're supposed to choose, squeeze toothpaste at the very end and roll it up as you go. That's a silly way that I am and she chose to grab it in the middle. And I let it bother me. We answered it by getting two tubes of toothpaste. It wasn't a deal breaker in our marriage, but one of the things in reflecting back if I find it squeezed in the middle, uh, it means I have somebody else with me. It means I have a wife. It means she has teeth. That's a good thing. It means she can smile. And so there was a way to look at that in a different way. Later on, when we had children, over the years, we would pick on them and argue with them a little bit about having a messy room. They need to clean up their mess. Now it's just the two of us, and we have a lot of clean rooms in our house. And when the grandkids come, we love it when it gets messy. If there's a messy room at your house with a kid, it means they're there. It means they have stuff. There's a different way to look at it. As they grew up, when our son Taylor came home from college after a prolonged time from not being home, he had long hair. And I wasn't real crazy about his long hair, although in the coronavirus, we're all going to have long hair before very long. But Taylor came home with long hair, and I had a choice to make it as an argument or not. And then I thought, well, Easter was coming up, and he played Jesus in our play, and he wouldn't need to wear a wig that year because his hair was pretty long. I chose to be thankful. Choose to look differently at the world around. Choose to be thankful. Look around today at things differently. If you're struggling with these times, it's a wonderful cure. Let's pray together. Father, help us to do your will. For all of us followers in Christ, that we would be thankful. Father, that we would not take for granted the things that are around us. Our environment, our loved ones, our situations. But Father that we would look at them through a lens of thanksgiving. Father, thank you for our country and how things have slowed down, how we've had more time to work on our priorities and focus on the things that really matter. A lot of families now are eating more together at the kitchen table. Let them be thankful for that table and being together. Kids are out of school and parents are doing homeschooling and it's hard on them. They'll be thankful for teachers in the days ahead more than they are now. So Father, help us to focus in the right way. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. God bless you. Be thankful this week. Amen.